Today on Lockdown Red Wings, they tried to do it again, but the comeback fell short as they lost to the Buffalo Sabres 6-3 to in regulation, breaking their two-game skid. And uh, they can't keep relying on comebacks to win hockey games, guys, plain and simple. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the uh, Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host of Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Uh, Kubalik stick giveaway. It's on our Twitter. Tweet it. Follow us. You'll be entered there. There's your daily reminder. Uh, we'll be announcing the giveaway winner on Sunday's recording, so technically Monday's episode. So there you go. Happy New Year's to all of you guys as well, because this is our Friday episode. We're recording it Thursday night after the Wings Ooh. game, so last time you'll be hearing from us until literally January 2nd. So Happy New Year's to all you guys. Happy New um, Year. Red Wings lost 6-3. to three. Uh, They literally, I think... Watching that game felt like deja vu, except for what should have happened yesterday happened today in which they fell short. And I don't want, you know, I don't want to sound like too big of a downer because like yesterday was incredible. Like what happened in that game? And I know you didn't get a chance to talk about it because it's complicated. We had a scheduled day off, but then I got sick. So uh, because I got sick, my the reason why I had the day scheduled off. Uh, didn't happen because I was sick. So I became available, but it was a good thing but you were still unavailable because your schedule still didn't change. So it, but either way, we got to do an episode. I got to do an episode after the win. <laughs> Thanks so for explaining that to everybody, yeah. It's complicated, <laughs> but it ended up being a good thing. But you didn't get to talk about it. Obviously, it, it, yesterday's win was incredible. Uh, that Scoring five consecutive goals after a horrid first 20 minutes. Did you do the gritty? Awesome. I did not do the gritty. JD from Lockdown Sharks was desperately trying to get me to do the gritty during the episode. Yeah, I'm with them. I don't. I don't know how to do the gritty. Like, I know what it looks that's, like. Yeah, that's why it'd be funny. I don't have the... Okay, well... <laughs> that's really the point. That's why I want it to happen. But, uh, but yeah, the Wings fell 6-3 to three today. They desperately tried to reclaim what they did yesterday. It, it wasn't a good game. Uh, they had a good 20 minutes of hockey. And it, 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 you can't rely on 20 minutes of really good hockey and 20 minutes of really good goal scoring to win hockey games. It's just not how it works. Yeah, and, and this is not new, like, unfortunately. Like, this is not something that is a last two games thing. Like, this this is something that we've been talking about all season. And even early on, like, when they got off to the really hot start and everything, there were some games where, like, oh, the five-on-five, five, like, was really brutal in this one. Or, you know, uh, oh, well, they got outplayed for two and, like, came back in the last. You know, like, we stole one from the Kings early on. Like, obviously, yesterday was a thing. Uh, and, and, I, I mean, there were there, several games in the, uh, the the midst there that all kind of fall under that tree. And so I, I think that the biggest thing – well, the biggest takeaway is obviously just, like, let's actually play for 60. That'd be awesome. We, we've been saying that for a couple of weeks now, even before – you know, the last two games, we were, you know, we had a couple episodes. We were like, please just give us 60 full minutes. And, that, and that's why. But it, it seems to be, it, it, it's just, it's not 
it, it hasn't happened. Like, like we're, we're just desperately waiting for a – and sure, like they've played complete games all the way through and dominated teams. You know, like we smacked the Ducks earlier this year. Like, that, that, like certainly it's, it's happened, but we, it, consistently playing for 60 is just completely lost on this team, whether it is like the last two days where it's been, you know – two really brutal periods and then one really good one or one in you know five minutes of really good one or whether it's two really good periods and then one huge letdown of a third we've seen that several times this season so it's just no matter what combination you do there seems to be at least one period that that's just really not like the the rest or I guess just a letdown at some point there seems to be one period that's an outlier whether that's good or bad. Yeah. Like we, we've said it earlier in the season, the rhetoric was that the rhetoric that we were saying was that the Red Wings are bad in the third. Uh, they can't play well in the third period to solidify wins. They're always on their heels. Really. The truth is, is on any given night, it's a different period. Uh, we saw it last night in the first in tonight. It was the first and the second, but noticeably the second is when four of the five goals against happen six total, but you know, empty that are at the end. Yeah. So they really just pick one period where they just leave the goalie out to dry. And it's, you know, it's a free for all. And a lot of that has to do with like tonight, for instance, noticeably defensive breakdowns, you know, outside and, you know, Magnus Hellberg got the start. He didn't play great. I mean, anytime you let in five goals against isn't great. You know, there's no, no making excuses for that. But he certainly was not helped out by how the team was, and not just the defenseman, but how the team was playing defense in front of him. I, on one of the goals against, and I, it's, I, it's hard to keep track of all the goals in my mind. I think it was one of Ocposo's goals. Um, Dylan Larkin was out in front. He didn't pick up his la- the, the man in front, which it was Ocposo, who just was able to bury it when the feed came out in front. But it's not completely on Larkin's fault because Larkin was the only guy in front of the net to begin with. Right. And so, because both defenders were in the same corner. And like, it's pretty standard practice to make sure you have one of your defenders in front of the net at all times or the defender, like this would happen to Hronik a couple times where he would get out battled in front of the net and allow that player to have the, yeah, have the inside angle on. And that's, that's a huge no, no as well. And like, again, I play men's league. I'm not trying to sit here and critique how a professional. Yes, I am. I'm trying to critique. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. What they do. Right. But, 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 you know, you don't ever want to give the player the inside angle. And that's been a recurring problem as well defensively is that a lot of these forwards on the opposing teams are able to get the inside angle on our goaltenders, be it Halberg, Nadelkovic, or Huso, for the easy backdoor goal. The first goal by Casey Middlestat was a perfect example of that easy backdoor goal. Beautifully that occurred. executed oh, for beautiful. whatever it's worth. But Well, because Phil Peronic got out muscled for the inside angle. I mean, yeah. your job is to keep players... There should never be a player between you and your goalie because Correct. that's how you're going to defend that. You can't. The only way to defend that is to either lift your stick or push him on top of your goalie, which is another big no-no because you end up hurting your goalie, but players still do it. So it's just defensive breakdowns led to, it was just a horrible defensive effort all, all the way around for the first two periods of that game. Yeah, no, and, and this isn't to say that this was some incredible goalie performance. I know that, that, you and I kind of get labeled as like the, the hardcore goalie defenders a lot. And which I'm okay with. Right. And and while I'm not, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I don't think either of us are saying that this was some, you know, great performance uh, in in that, but 
at the same time, man, I mean, you, you were spot on. Like this was, this was just defensive breakdown after defensive breakdown. I mean, you, the difference between, in my eyes, the difference between a backup or a fringe NHL goalie and like a starter is if you have the ability to reach the NHL as a goaltender, you can probably save almost all of the low danger opportunities. Right. And then the medium danger opportunities, you're probably expected to save most of those two. Okay. What separates the bona fide, like one A or just one not first on the depth chart, like the, the, the top tier goalies, and then the backup goalies or the fringe NHL goalies is how often are you saving the high danger opportunities? That is what separates at the NHL level. That's what separates those two. I guess, tiers, positions, whatever. And you cannot expect any goalie on this roster. Like, I don't want to say unfortunately, but like the situation we're in, anybody not named Vili Huso that's in between the pipes, you, you were just at a point where you can't expect them to just, just crush the high danger opportunities and just like save everything of the high danger. And this was an immense defensive breakdown for the first two periods like it was just one after another after another and it seemed like just consistently buffalo had a dude right in front of the net it wasn't even like high slot it wasn't the face-off circle it was it was right in front of the net over and over and over again with zero detroit red wings players in front of the net for the first two periods and you know we only got out shot by like four or five but the quality of shot matters, and and it was just a, a really brutal defensive performance. I, this is absolutely, Scotty, one of those games where you look at the quality shot attempts, and that makes all the difference. 100%. Because, I mean, I'm gonna pull. I haven't done this a lot this year, but look at the heat map, man. The oh, heat map tells the it heat all, map, man. I miss it. Uh, this. Let me zoom in a little bit for. Oops, to the yeah, opposite of that. But this shows exactly where all. Four of Buffalo's even strength goals came. I mean, at. look at that. They came within the <laughs> slot. And what, then, what are we talking about? Look at the Sabres shot attempts. Just the, the, the well, the literal heat map of it. It's a giant red blob in the in the entirety of the slot. And the far end of the spectrum represents so that where it's red, where it's hot, represents 3.75 plus shot attempts. And that's all within the, the slot. So, yeah, you're looking at this where the shot attempts were close. But in this game in particular, it's all about the quality of the shot attempts. And the Buffalo Sabres, this, this is completely representative of how poor the Red Wings defense was and how porous it was. Yeah, it because was Swiss cheese in front they, of the they, net, man. They couldn't all stop anyone from um, receiving a pass. They couldn't stop anyone from making a pass. They couldn't stop anyone from shooting up the puck. It, it was just so like, yeah, it, Magnus Halberg, should he have stopped one or two more? Maybe, probably. But at the same time, you know, you don't do him any favors when you put him in a situation like that. So that's why I'm okay with being labeled a goalie defender because how do you expect your goalie to make saves when your heat map looks like that? Right. When you allow that many high danger opportunities in a game. He he faced eight high danger shots at five on five. That was at five on five alone. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you break down the total shots that they had in this game. It's like um, 35. Yeah, like 35. So that's a per, that's a really high percentage amount of your shots that come in high danger 
uh, situations. Yeah, and that's just under that's a just quarter unacceptable. of your shots, just under a quarter of your shots, just under yeah. one of every four shots yeah. is a high danger opportunity. That's not Luconin, good over 60. Luconin only had four high danger opportunity yeah. or high danger uh, shots against. So yeah, it's, it, it was not a great game defensively. Absolutely horrible breakdown. We got to get to a break. We're already over time. Um, but when we come back, we'll continue talking about this. And then in segment three, game preview for the New Year's Eve game against the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. You're hanging out out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's not a big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car or you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are often tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Um, man, where do you want to go from here when talking about this game? I mean, obviously the Red Wings scored three goals. Uh, we can talk about the few players who I thought did shine in this. Yeah, I want to talk. Let's talk good. We spent a whole whole segment talking about, you know, what went wrong. Let's talk about some good. So obviously Kublik scored two goals, which is nice to see because he's definitely cooled Maybe. off since the start of the season. But I think really the, the, the shining light in this game continues to be um, – the rook that the rookies and Joe Valeno, who's in this sophomore season, that line, and I know that the lines mm-hmm. got completely shuffled. They don't play together this entire game, but game yesterday's game. Uh, if you add lump that in, they are really making a case for themselves to not get sent down uh, to Grand Rapids. And I think, unfortunately, it just comes down to waiver exemption in the end. And all three of those guys are, uh, if Bertuzzi, Fabry, and right Verona all come back around the same time. Which I mean, Bertuzzi, we haven't got an update on. February, we haven't got an update on. Verona, we know is just right around the corner. But they, Valeno had another assist in this game. He had an assist in yesterday. Did he have a goal or an assist in yesterday's? He had a goal in yesterday's game. Sorry, guys, trying to remember. It was Schrott's uh, beautiful fake shot around Crosby. Beauty. The, yeah, it was beautiful. Um, Berger had a goal yesterday. Soderbaum had a beautiful assist in today's game. Those young guys are forming a very effective bottom six line, and it's going to be a really tough pill to swallow when they're the ones who end up getting sent down. 100%. And, I mean, in this game specifically, well, I guess I didn't get a chance to to talk about how good I thought Bergeron looked yesterday. I thought Jonathan Bergeron was oh, uh, sensational so in, in yesterday's – well. Uh, I have to choose my wording. You're listening to this tomorrow. So in, in, the game it's uh, Pittsburgh. Right in in the in the Penguins game, Bergeron looked fantastic. In the Buffalo game, I thought that uh, Soderblom was was amazing, and I think that as he continues to get more experience, he he's figuring out how to utilize. And I've said this a million times, but like he, he's continuing to learn how to utilize his size to his advantage on the defensive end. And we're already seeing almost on a nightly basis something that. He's pulling off on the offensive end. His assist in this game was an absolute beauty. Uh, I mean, just back forth, back forth, right in front of the net. Like, 
uh, he he really is. You know, if if the stick handling is there and, and the skating is is even above average, he's going to be uh, a player in this league for a very very long time. And so, yeah, man, they're, they're it's a good problem to have though. We've talked about depth. We've talked about why depth is necessary. We've talked about why depth is uh, is a good thing to have with this team. And yeah, a hundred percent. If if it sucks, but at the end of the day, it's a very, very good problem to have when you're looking around going, oh, we have too many NHL players. Like, that's that's something that we haven't been able to say for years. So, like, it it, it sucks, but if you want to glass half full it, like, it's kind of cool, too. No, I completely agree. And uh, Elmer Soderblom, for, for what it's worth, uh, was the second best player on the team when you talk about expected goals for percentage. So when you talk about the at five on five, when you talk about at even strength, the quality of uh, quality of the shots taken percentage ratio. Uh, he was second best on the team at 68.45%. Uh, expected goals for 0.64 and expected goals against a 0.29, which was the third best expected goals against on the team in this game. Um, he, he was only second in that category to Jordan Osterley and only Mata, who were one in three on the expected goals for percentage meter. So it goes Mata, Soderblom, and Osterley, and then Joe Valeno right behind that as your top four and expected goals for percentage. So, I mean, and also shout out Jordan Osterley. He had a great game, which is Jordan Osterley, you, you got to take him when you can get him because you're not going to get him that often. I don't think out of Osterley. I'm not, not trying to hate on him, but just recognizing uh, what, what he is. Um, yeah, Soderblom's looked really good. Joe Valeno's looked really good. I mean, I don't need to, I don't need to hit them hit the hit it over the head too much. They've been playing very well, and it definitely adds a an interesting thing. And you know, I, I talked about it at the early the beginning of the season. You know, maybe you decide to waive a player and risk losing him. Uh, Adam Ernie is the guy I brought up in the past. Mm-hmm. Went through a little stretch there where he was, you know, not producing but playing. Leave really the team and hits, baby. You better watch yourself. Yeah, but he's had three pretty. Rough games, hundred um, percent. Yeah, yeah, I know. The game against Tampa, he had a he had a turnover that led to a goal against. Uh, he was on the special teams on the game against Pittsburgh that led to a goal against. Now I understand at full strength he's not on special teams or he shouldn't be. Uh, and then in this game, you know, he was a, a negative um, twenty seven point five three relative, and then a thirteen point nine percent expected goals for for the third worst in the team. So like. Adam Murray's not part of your future anyways. So maybe, and I know he leads the team in hits, and that's kind of an important category to have, like have one of those guys who's going out there and laying the body. Sure. But if he's if he's negatively impacting your team, like maybe you risk losing him on waivers over sending a guy like who's NHL ready, like Joe Valeno or Jonathan Berger, and uh, in that order <laughs> over Adam Murray, you know? No, for sure. Look, I, I, I don't. I'm not sure that that's going to happen, but if it does, I don't think anyone's upset. Like, I don't think anyone would be upset about that happening because, like you said, Nolan like you're giving, giving the kids more opportunities. Nolan would be. He's an Adam Ernie truther. Okay, well, yeah. Nolan. He bought, no. he bought the one Adam Ernie jersey we had at LCA when I worked there. <laughs> we had one, and he bought it. Sounds about right. So, yeah, I mean, you look at the roster construction, and you go, like, Joe Valeno and – Especially Jonathan Bergeron, he just looks, looks like so he good, needs man. To like be I, I don't think like you. I don't think you can justify sending Bergeron down. 
Like, I think you could justify sending Soderblom down because there are still, like, some things I watch when I watch him play that needs to be For sure. worked on. And, like, like, he's already been, kind of, like, missed time and been kind of up and yeah. down and stuff. And, like, notably, I think that he needs to work on lowering his center of balance because he gets rocked way too much for a guy who's six foot eight. But it's just because he's so light and his center, because he's so tall, his center of balance is so high. Um, he's always getting knocked over. But, you know, like, that's just nitpicky things. I mean, he's he looks pretty close to being, like, an everyday NHL any everyday NHL-ready player. Um, and he looked good in this game. So it's just – it's a great predicament, predicament to have. Uh, but anyways, I'm getting – I'm starting to talk in circles. Uh, Kubelik had two goals in this game. That's great to see after a sluggish uh, pace for him. Hopefully, you know, he – can get I, I i always hesitate saying get back on the horse because of that stupid inside joke we have what's the horse's name right um, well it is friday after all so oh, look at that uh but yeah uh, he he looked good in this game he had those two goals for so he's an offensive goal scorer and he scored goals that's what you sign him to do <laughs> yeah no I, he, yeah he, he looks really good i mean you know it was uh one of those Nobody really looked good in the first two periods, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, great positioning and then took advantage of uh, the opportunity there. And yeah, like, like we always say, he is no fear. He does not fear shooting the puck. So that, that's a good thing. <laughs> Playing defense, one fear. Uh, <laughs> Fair he's still projected. Hey, you know what? I'm looking at his ESPN stats. He's still projected for 25 goals and 40 assists for 65 points. So. I would take that. Take that in a heartbeat. Um, minus 12, though, is what he's projected to be. <laughs> so maybe. Honestly, if that's a projection over 82, I don't think that's that bad. Oh, no. I mean, just the point total in general would make that signing worth it. Yeah. Right? 65 well, points for a guy. Honestly, like even if he kind of flatlines from here on out, I think it's already a – like he got hot at one point this season. Yeah. Like We have to remember yeah. what he was last year. Well, I think what we predicted, like between 15 and 20, I think is what we yeah. predicted. And he's, already, he's five goals away from 15. I think he's easily going to hit that. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's a it's a win regardless, uh, for sure. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that we want to point out from this game uh, before we move into our game preview? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think so. I, win the face <laughs> Win the dang face-offs for once. Yeah, there you go. Which they did fun. yesterday. And yeah. They dominated that game outside the first period. Yeah, big time. It's it matters. It matters. Especially um, man, like especially a like special teams, but that which is like fairly obvious, but helps so much in the opponent's zone, man. Like that's such an such an insanely like valuable thing to have on your team. Yeah. Bring back so who's sorry. Uh who's for sure. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Uh, when we come back, I don't, I couldn't, I, again, I can't really hear. I don't, I, because I'm still sick. I can't, can't, can't hear anything. I'm just going to whisper stuff now. Please don't. I have <laughs> headphones and I still can't hear out of my right ear. It's rid- ridiculous. Uh, when what? we come back, uh-huh. Uh, we'll do the game preview for the game against the Ottawa Senators on New Year's Eve. Stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. You know what I was just thinking there when I said Red Wings? When I was really little, I had trouble saying my R's like a lot of people do. And uh, so I'm always wed, wed wings. Yes. And so I'm always paranoid. I'm going to say wed wings on the podcast <laughs> and not notice it. And so like just now when we went to break, I was like, did I, did I? I'm like no, I, I said red wings. It's because that W and wings tricks me up. And I'm like, did I say no, wings, I'm good. Baby. The, the Detroit wed wings, uh, <laughs> the red wings. 
uh, still struggle sometimes. I talk too fast. Uh, let's see. They're playing the Ottawa Senators in tonight. No, Saturday's game against the Detroit Red Wings and uh, should be the third matchup, but is their second matchup after the second matchup? Got oh, yeah. Postponerinoed. And uh, yeah, Scotty, what are we? What word did you just say? Also, can we talk about how you said did this as two at the beginning of the show? What was that? Why did you were holding two? up the number two when you went like this, dude? That's not okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They bothered, <laughs> it doesn't bothered matter. me for 25 minutes. <laughs> no, you got me coughing. Thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. He's really, he's really coughing. That's not good. Oh, okay. No, yeah, he's really struggling. Thank you for oh. that. Okay. Bad. Yeah, we're no, good. I, we're it's good. been bothering me for 25 minutes now. And I, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you brought that up at the end of the show. <laughs> Can we talk about the Senators? Jeez, Louise. Yeah, we can talk about the Senators, man. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> good Lord. Uh, <laughs> where's this game happening at? They're ha- it's happening in Detroit, first of all. Let's get that out of the way. Yes. Uh, the last time these two teams played against uh, each other, Again, Red Wings played pretty well through like a period and a half and then just absolutely crapped the bet afterwards. Lost six to three. Uh, That was amidst their six-game losing streak. Ottawa Senators, again, not a team you should underestimate. They're exactly 500 on the record. Uh, Slightly above that with their point percentage, 16, 16, and three, seventh in the Atlantic Division. But don't let that fool you. That bottom five uh, in the division is very tight points-wise. So they're right behind the Red Wings despite the Red Wings being fourth. Uh, Brady Kachuk leads the team in points, 37 points in 34 games played. Batherson, 33 and 34. Debrinkin, 33 and 34. Uh, d- Goaltending-wise, Cam Talbot having a hell of a season. 915 save percentage Big in 20 games respect. played. So good for him. Backups-wise, uh, they're doing like a tandem thing, like straight up just one and two. Or not one and yep. two, but like 1A, 1B. Anton Fersberg's gotten 17 starts, which is three less than Talbot. He's got a 906 save percentage. So, you know, they got a backup who can actually – Stop the puck occasionally, which is really nice. Got to be a luxury for sure. Uh, that that just, was a shot. That was a shot. Today. That was a shot, absolutely. But, yeah, when you're talking about the auto Senators, man. Well, I mean, the we, this what? is something – yeah, this is something we – you know, we can just repeat what we talked about last time. This is one of the best special teams units in the entire NHL. And, like, they, they got off to their, you know, death taxes and a horrible first month and a half of the season. That's, like, Ottawa's thing. Uh, they, you know, <laughs> the, the three guarantees in life. So, uh, they're, they're past that time of the year. So they're, they've been playing a little bit better than they did the first month, month and a half of the year. But yeah, this is a, uh, this is a, a almost two top five special teams units. I think they're like third in power play and seventh or eighth in PK. Like this is a, a very, very good special teams and, um, also really, really good in the face-off circle. One of the four or five best teams in the league at that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is really highlighting the the things that Detroit Red Wings do not necessarily do very well on a consistent basis. So, always a tall task. Everybody loves comparing these two teams. Uh, we've talked about the Sens at length over the last year and a half. So, uh, yeah, and it, it's always kind of fun when they play each other for that reason. Well, and what sucks is, like, you know, the Red Wings are at this point now where you look at the Ottawa Senators and you should say, that's a win. That should be a win. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of other teams like that, too. I would have said the Buffalo Sabres are like that, but they're not playing like that team that that you could look at a team and go, that's a win. So when we do these game previews, it's really tough to, like, look at the team and go, this is how you're going to beat them. 
or talk, say this player is going to be your X factor. It's really hard to predict how this team's going to play on any given night. So when you're previewing the Ottawa Senators, you know, you look at the, the eighth best Corsi four percentage at five on five in the league. So you know that they, they shoot, they take a lot of shot attempts. Good special uh, teams, good at five on five. And yeah, uh, and we the knew that about circle. them. They're, they're a team that the puck has, they, again, like you said, Scotty, an abysmal first month of the year is why they're so far behind in the standings, but they're not a bad hockey team. And the Red Wings are abysmal at even strength. So it's like, I got to say the same thing I say every single game preview at this point. It's like, you got to play a complete 60 minutes if you want to try and beat this team or, you know, rely on a period and a half plus overtime of really, really good hockey and <laughs> or, making a miraculous comeback. So in that and then just ball out for the third yeah. and like hope good things happen. Yeah. Like you got to play, you just got to play perfect mistake free hockey. And that's such a hard ask to like ask of any team, especially this team, but that's how you're going to win hockey games. And that's how you're going to beat teams like the Ottawa senators. Not to say like they're one of the best teams in the league. They're definitely not one of the worst, but, it's just it's frustrating when you try to do a game preview and you have to go back and be like, I, I can't pinpoint anything that the Red Wings do really, really well right now because their power play is inconsistent from night to night. They're they they're do pretty good at scoring at least they like play one, one period really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like pick your period. You want them to play a good first? Right. Do you want them to get third? onto an early lead and then be terrible in the third, or do you want to have like a comeback type of a, of an arc? Well, see, I think I think I'd rather have them do a really good game in the first period, because usually what happens in those instances is we lose in overtime. So we get a point at least, which is why the Red Wings have like seven right. overtime. Or who so stands on his head and we, you know, pull one out like in Tampa. We win like two to nothing. <laughs> and we just give up a 40 shot third period, but we still hold on to the victory. Huso's <laughs> groin is torn to shreds right? Yeah, after literally. the game is over. So... I got guys. I wish I had some magic formula for you. And I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not really down that bad on the team, you know, point percentage wise, they're still right where I expected them to be and yeah. expect them to be at the end of the yeah, season. It's reiterating that like as hard as it can be to, to see like in this stretch where in the last, what nine games, they've only won two. No. Yeah. They're two and seven in their last nine. So I guess you would say uh, three and seven in their last 10. <laughs> Oh, Excuse he didn't me. Sorry about Mike. That. that was tough. I just it came on too fast. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I lost. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's that so was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's going back at it. Wow, this is really good. Thing we're done with the show. I think that's everything, man. I think you can, you can. Let's let's give you a break. <laughs> I think I'm gonna die. Um, uh, over under six over I think we'll go over to the Red Wings have been scoring a lot of goals recently so let's definitely go that's three straight games of at least three goals yeah, they've also been giving up a ton I, I, yeah. when was the last time they even hit the under like uh, November I mean like, I think golly. during their six game losing streak let's see uh, this game over last game over lightning over caps over sends over the last time they the under hit was when they lost to the Wild on December fourteenth, and that was still five. So you're five. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Brutal. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, we'll announce the stick giveaway then. Kuba League scoring two for the stick giveaway. Uh, same time. 
same place. It's your team every day. You're five. <laughs> <laughs>